for the end of the world. This is Your Community Spirit. A show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. You know what? Let's bring back the circle again. The circle of family, the circle of friends, the circle of being. Wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. This is Your Community Spirit coming at you live and local here on WDBX. 91.1 FM, Community Radio for Southern Illinois. If you are a regular listener, you may have noticed that this week's wake-up call was not brought to you by Dynagymon, uh, or Dynagymon is off on another adventure. But uh, I'm here today, my name is Treesong, and this is your community spirit, and we've got all sorts of interesting uh, news, happenings, holidays, all sorts of goodies to share with you today. So... Let's get on with some of the magic here at Your Community Spirit.
let's start out with some news. The news we often start with is news from the Occupy movement. Uh, there's a website, Occupy Updates Daily. You can find it, interestingly enough, at occupyupdatesdaily.blogspot.com. They always send us uh, interesting updates about what's going on with Occupy. So a little bit of news on that front. Occupiers are once again facing off against the we Westboro Baptist Church. Uh, this Saturday is the funeral for two young boys who were killed in an explosion set by their father during a supervised visit. Westboro Baptist Church plans to picket the funeral in Tacoma, Washington, to remind the governor that the boys died because of her rebellion, a reference to the same-sex marriage bill making its way through legislature in the state. But the WBC won't be without opponents, as both Occupy Tacoma and Occupy Seattle will surround the church to protect mourners from the WBC picket. Uh, now, that's, it reminds me of a few years ago here when uh, Matthew Shepard's mom came and spoke here at SIU. And uh, there, there were, from, from Westboro Baptist Church, there were maybe half a dozen people. But then the turnout in the local community was tremendous and encouraging. You know, there, over the course of a few hours, there must have been a couple hundred people there out on that corner across from the WBC. So uh, ironically, when they come to town to spread hate, oftentimes they uh, unite people together behind diversity and solidarity. All right, some other Occupy news. Occupy Pittsburgh has left their encampment voluntarily two days after an eviction notice was declared. The protesters announced they were leaving, offering remarks that they believe the sheriff may support their cause due to lack of action against them. The sheriff asked to hold off on commenting until another day. Occupiers then marched downtown. While they are leaving the park, Occupiers say they will continue to protest in other ways. That's an important update because, you know, I, I think that the, <coughs> excuse me, the sentiments explored by Occupy, there are other ways to explore them than being outdoors and occupying a public space. Uh, that's a very prominent way to draw attention to the cause, but there are many ways to do it. All right, some other news. While the Idaho Senate did vote to implement an immediate camping ban on state-managed land, they also added a stipulation to the bill, giving occupiers 90 days to claim their belongings should they be confiscated. Senate leaders say doing so will preserve the occupiers' constitutional private property rights. The bill will now head back to the House to be re-voted upon. All right, we've got some news from Newark. Uh, yes, there's Occupy going on in Newark. Occupy Newark has been given an eviction notice of uh, 9 p.m. last night, so I don't know what the news on that is yet, but this surprised many protesters with the quickness of the action. Many thought they would have a few extra days of notice. Occupiers in Newark have generally been supported by officials in the city, being granted permission to stay after legislators and even the mayor visited, often staying the night or bringing coffee and donuts. Well, electricity soon became a concern for city officials when they noticed that the occupiers were uh, taking power from the city and local residents. You know, I guess they found outdoor outlets and started plugging into those and uh, getting free, quote-unquote, electricity. <laughs> uh, so occupiers offered to pay for the electricity, but the offer was shunned, souring the relationship they had with the mayor. The peaceful occupation is hoping for an extension. And uh, if we get any news on that, I'll be sure to mention it on here. That's all of our Occupy updates for today. It was a little little light of a day they sent us today, but occupyupdatesdaily.blogspot.com is where we get that info.
it's a it's a good overview. They have someone compile it daily, and it's it's pretty interesting to hear what's going on still with the Occupy movement. Uh, that song that we listened to at the start of the show was End of the World by Danny Dollinger. And uh, the interlude music we've got going on here is Drum Medicine, uh, one of my favorite ambient music uh, CDs. Just thought I'd give a shout-out to those. Some other news coming up. Uh, we'll go ahead and give a shout-out to the Wall Street Journal. Uh, this article is about the Wall Street Journal's willful climate lies. It wasn't surprising that the Wall Street Journal published an error-riddled op-ed about climate change last week, essentially saying it was bunk and that we shouldn't panic about it. Uh, we've gotten used to that here at Your Community Spirits. We, we keep an eye on the Wall Street Journal for the most interesting and uh, erroneous uh, climate news. <laughs> uh, but what has really started to amaze uh, many of us about the newspaper's editorial page and the far right's commenting there is that they now venture beyond delusion or confusion or misinformation and venturing into direct lies. Uh, so that's, that's, that's a big claim, you know, uh, that the, the you know, it, it's one thing to say, well, people are putting a little bit of spin on it, but there's actual incorrect information there. Uh, the main point recently is that uh, they're still pushing the argument that the Earth hasn't warmed uh, for well over 10 years now. Uh, that's been an argument for well, probably about the past, I don't know, five, ten years, ever since they started funding uh, climate denial uh, stories in the media. But the truth of the matter is that according to our figures, 2010 was actually the hottest year on record. So uh, it's, it, I, I wanted to mention this story because it's very unsettling to me, disturbing to me. You know, the Wall Street Journal is a place that people often turn to as sort of like a paper of record, you know, to, to record what's going on in financial news and global news. And for even on the op-ed page, for them to publish, you know, factually accurate, inaccurate statements that are easily verifiable as such, uh, that's, that's a big issue. Uh, here at Your Community Spirit, we try to do what we can to uh, read up on the facts and call out other people who <laughs> you know, may, may have missed a fact or two. You know, we'll, we'll give them the benefit of doubt and say, you know, maybe they just didn't know what uh, climate scientists have been saying for about two years now, since 2010 uh, is two years ago. But yes, 2010 was the hottest year on record, and uh, these arguments that are still going around, that it's been 10 years without warming, 12 years without warming, uh, just, just not quite accurate. You can go to skepticalscience.com if you'd like to see an exploration of some of the science involved. Uh, they are a good resource because they address these concerns in a way that explores the science and is open-minded and also critical of some of the arguments in favor of climate change. Uh, you know, if the, if the data simply isn't there, then they say, well, you know, we're not sure about this particular point. But if you want to go find out information about the warming trends, that's a good place to start.
got one more bit of climate news, and then we'll get into a, bit, a little bit of non-climate news and some happenings. Uh, next bit of news, risky business. States require insurers to, play, to plan for climate change. Uh, following the most damaging year of climate disasters in the United States in history, the insurance regulators in three states, California, Washington, and New York, announced that all major insurance companies operating in their states will be required to assess and publicly disclose the climate change-related risk that they face, both in their underwriting as well as in their investment activities. Because of the consolidation of the insurance industry, this state-level action is effectively a national policy, as it affects 90% of the entire U.S. insurance market. Benjamin M. Losky, superintendent of New York's Department of Financial Services, whose portfolio includes insurers, said in a statement that global warming pollution presents, quote, unique risks for insurance industry to address. Here's a quote. Global warming presents unique risks, and it is vital that our insurance industry adequately accounts for the impacts of climate change. We look forward to working with the industry to address these important and growing risks. Now, climate scientists have predicted uh, broad-scale increases in extreme weather due to greenhouse gas pollution, particularly sea level rise, heat waves, drought, and extreme participa- uh, precipitation Excuse me, <laughs> for decades. Uh, the science that is of utmost importance for the insurance industry to embrace is that these long-term trends are accelerating with the exponential increase in fossil fuel burning. Insurance models based on the assumption of a stable climate using historical averages are dangerously wrong. Now, that's one thing I find really interesting is that, um, you know, we, we often explore the climate news here on Your Community Spirit, and it's always interesting to me to get a variety of different perspectives. You know, there's the scientific perspective of the climate researchers who are examining the data. There's the environmental advocate perspective of people who are trying to seek changes in the energy policy. And then there's, there's all sorts of interesting economic perspectives out there, like this insurance one. Uh, you know, this is, this is a global issue that affects everyone in the world, and so everyone is scrambling to understand how it affects us, what the exact effects will be. Um, one thing that I do find encouraging, though, is that the more of these serious institutional-level conversations that are going on, the more likely it is for us to take action on the issue. You know, because if the, if the major insurance companies are all scrambling to, to calculate what the effects of climate change are, uh, that's going to affect their lobbying to politicians, that's going to affect the news stories that come out. So maybe there's still time for us to do something about climate change after all. This last bit of news is environmental news, but it's not, well, not directly related to the climate anyway. It's related to uh, plastics, and it's also related to fungus. <laughs> now, how do they do to go together? Well, there's a newly discovered fungus that eats plastic. A group of Yale students poking around in the jungle of Ecuador has unearthed a type of fungus that digests otherwise unlikable plastics. The microscopic Amazonian fungus feeds on polyurethane, which is a particularly tenacious landfill clogger, even as plastics go. It can take up to centuries to decompose. The common plastic is used for everything from garden hoses to shoes to truck seats. Once it gets into the trash stream, it persists for generations, 
Anyone alive today is assured that their old garden hoses and other polyurethane trash will still be here to greet uh, their great-great-grandchildren. Unless, of course, something eats it. And uh, this, this fungi is called the uh, pestilot, uh, let's see, Pestilotiopsis microspora. Uh, almost got it right on the first try there. <laughs> it's the first that anyone has found to survive on a steady diet of polyurethane alone. And even more surprisingly, it can do this in an anaerobic, oxygen-free environment that is close to the condition of the bottom of a landfill. So, so basically, I mean, part of the moral of this story that, that I find most important is that we should not destroy the rainforests. There's all sorts of interesting, exciting things in there, uh, some of which may actually eat our trash for us. Now, of course, that doesn't mean we should just keep throwing trash into the landfill willy-nilly, hoping that a fungus is going to eat it someday but at least gives us an innovative way to deal with the problems that we're currently creating. All right, let's talk about some holidays, and then soon we'll be getting to the WDBX Ball coming up this weekend. First, a few holidays other than Valentine's Day, and then we'll get to the Valentine's Day stuff. So today is the 41st day of the year. There are 325 days left in this year. Now, if you're a math whiz and added those numbers together, you may realize this is a leap year. There's an extra day this year. Uh, so coming up, uh, some holidays coming up. Uh, Saturday is Be Electrific Day, uh, a very electric day. It's also National Shut-In Visitation Day. So if you have one of those friends or relatives who doesn't get out much, uh, Saturday is a day to visit them. Uh, it's also Satisfied Staying Single Day. It's White Shirt Day, which works out really well for the black and white ball coming up on Saturday. It's also the birthday of Thomas Edison, the inventor, which I'm guessing is why it's uh, Be Electrific Day. Uh, although I personally appreciate Nikola Tesla's contributions to electric innovation more, but that's all another story. <laughs> all right, some other holidays coming up. Darwin Day, uh, Charles Darwin's birthday. That's coming up on Sunday, day to study about and learn about the theory of natural selection. Uh, it seems that evolution is a thing that happens, and Darwin was a key person in helping us to understand that. It's also the birthday of President Abraham Lincoln, the 16th President of the United States. And the anniversary of the NAACP, coming up on the 12th of February. Now, Monday is Employee Legal Awareness Day, so be sure you're aware of your rights as an employee. It's also Get a Different Name Day. Now, I already have a different name. My, my birth name was Justin Patrick O'Neill, and that was a very nice and wonderful name. Uh, but I came across the name Tree Song during my environmental and spiritual work here in Southern Illinois. So I already got a different name. Monday is your day to do the same, if you so choose. <laughs> now, Tuesday, the 14th of, this, uh, of February, all sorts of holidays coming up. Uh, it's Ferris Wheel Day. Uh, it's uh, National Donor Day and National Have a Heart Day, a day to donate your heart and other organs to uh, people in need. Now, if, unless you're a particularly generous soul, that entails uh, filling out your donor card uh, rather than uh, you actually just ripping it out of your chest and handing it to someone. <laughs> 
some other holidays, uh, the anniversary of the League of Women Voters coming up on Tuesday. Uh, also, Valentine's Day. You may have heard of that one. Now, coming up on Wednesday, Lupercalia, an older holiday around this time of year. Do some research on that one. It's a pretty fun time. Uh, Susan B. Anthony Day on Wednesday, and the birthday of Galileo Galilei, the astronomer. If you have any happenings, news, events to send our way, my email address is treesong at treesong.org. You can also send them to info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Let's get into some happenings, and I'm going to mention this one out of chronological order because it's surely the most exciting thing going on in Southern Illinois this weekend. It's the 16th annual WDBX Ball and Silent Art Auction. It's coming up on Saturday, February 11th, which happens to be tomorrow. The theme this year is the Black and White Ball. This will feature sweet and savory bites by Cristados, Evelyn's Restaurant, Fat Patties, Mo Wallace Barbecue, Neighborhood Co-op, Town Square Market, and drinks from Blend, Cash Bar by Hangar 9 with wines from Alta Vineyards, beer by Pinchpenny and Vinagoni, and the theme is black and white ball, so come dressed in your best black and white attire. The doors open at 7 p.m. with music by the Black 40s and White Gold Centerfold. See the little black and white theme there, eh? Tickets are just $25 per person and are on sale now at these Carbonale locations. Arnold's Market, Harboss Cafe, the Neighborhood Co-op, Town Square Market, Long Branch Coffee House, and Plaza Wuxtry Records. All proceeds benefit WDBX Community Radio, the 16th Annual Anniversary Ball and Art Auction, coming up this Saturday at the Carbondale Civic Center. Now, this is an exciting time for me. I go pretty much every year. Uh, there's fun, there's food, there's music, there's dancing, all sorts of cool people you get to hang out with. Uh, and... Perhaps best of all, you know, that good feeling you get from knowing it benefits community radio. You know, I know to, to a degree, you know, shelling out the $25 for me is, you know, paying for my right to be here on the radio. But it's also a place where so many other DJs have uh, so many good shows. I was just listening last night to other people's shows as well. Got a full schedule here, and it's great to be able to support this in a way that's also really fun. You know, it's fun to go out there and have a party. So uh, hopefully I'll see you out there. We've uh, also got some other holiday, uh, happenings going on that I'd like to mention as well. Some other happenings going on in town this week. Today, the International Coffee Hour. That happens uh, on Fridays from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the International Programs and Service Offices over at the Northwest Annex B Wing on SIUC campus. It's an opportunity for uh, internationals, including Americans, because Americans are part of the international community. Uh, to get together, have some coffee, have some conversation. It's a fun event. Some other happenings. Rice and Spice, Slow Foods Dinner. Uh, happens every Friday at 6 p.m. at Guy House Interfaith Center, 913 South Illinois in Carbondale. This week's theme is Native American Midwinter Feast and Observance. It's sponsored by Trails of Awareness and Vineyard Indian Settlement. They've put on a couple events there over at Rice and Spice and Guy House. 
Looking forward to seeing them again today. Other happenings include Love at the Glove. That's actually coming up tonight at 7 p.m. at the Surplus Gallery, also known as the Glove Factory, 432 South Washington. Uh, it's exciting. It's an art exhibit. It's, it's got art. It's got music. It's got an erotic cake contest. <laughs> All sorts of stuff going on there. So that's 7 p.m., Surplus Gallery at the Glove Factory. It's a very busy night tonight. There's other happenings tonight as well. Got Occupy Carmenale Movie Night. Uh, the movie tonight over there is called Medium Cool. It's happening tonight at 7.30 p.m. The Big Money Independent Media Center, 214 North Washington in Carbondale. Now, the film they're having this week is called Medium Cool, and it's about a TV news cameraman who finds himself becoming personally involved in the violence which erupts around the 1968 Democratic Convention. So, sounds like an interesting film. Over there, the Big Money um, IMC, sponsored by Occupy Carbondale. Another regular happening here, the Vigil for Peace happens on Saturdays at noon at the Town Square Pavilion, the corner of Illinois and Maine. Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois holds this vigil, and it's an opportunity to bear witness to the costs of war, hold out hope for the promise of peace. Also to meet up with some fellow supporters of peace. Uh, now this is an exciting one, the Southern Illinois Roller Girls, St. Valentine's Day Massacre, coming up uh, Saturday at 5 p.m. at the Pavilion in Marion. Uh, I haven't been to one of these in a while, but it's always a fun game out there. Uh, the doors open at 5 p.m., the bout is at 6, uh, $8 tickets in advance and 10 at the door, and they're also collecting pet supply donations for the Marion Regional Humane Society's No-Kill Shelter. So, uh, it's good times out there. All right, we've got enough time for one more happening, uh, so I'll get to this one. Uh, Transpoetic V-Day Poems Against Violence coming up on Monday at 9 p.m. at Global Gourmet, 102 East Jackson in Carbondale. Now, this is a day, it's part of the uh, V-Day movement. Uh, it includes uh, the vagina monologues and various uh, events to bring awareness about uh, violence, domestic violence, uh, gender-based violence. Uh, and one of these events is uh, poetry reading by Transportic Playgrounds, one of my favorite playgrounds to play at. <laughs> So it's coming up at Global Gourmet, 9 p.m. Monday. Uh, should be a good time. All right. This has been an exciting and informative episode of Your Community Spirit. Uh, we will see you here again next week on the radio. Also hope we will see you at the ball, the black and white ball, coming up tomorrow night, Saturday, over at the Civic Center. It's exciting time, music, good food, good people. Hopefully we'll see you there. <laughs>